0: I think we
1: might be live.
0: Oh, we're live! This is the audio podcast, episode 96, The Return. Because we have returned, it's been four months since the last show, but as promised, we eventually returned. How awesome is this? Wow! Woo, woo, I am an incredibly... Woo, I have a, I have, <laughs> the celebrations are ongoing on camera, as we see. I'm Scott here, and as always, I'm joined by... Samuel
2: Freeman, I'm here, and we also have the wonderful... And Adam Yanch. And of course, today we have the traditional audio podcast show structure, so we're going to talk some news, we've got some other, and we're going to do some plunder. Uh, Scott, tell everybody about how they can enjoy the audio podcast and get in contact if they need to.
0: Well, if you want to get in contact with us, you can, you know, via Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Twitter at The Audio Podcast is the best way. We record the show live uh, for a Google Hangout as well, so you can find us on Google Plus if you want to as well. And, you know, if you kind of message us on Twitter or something, we might actually pay attention when you do that kind of thing. You can get all our contact details, though, at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, and that's where you can also subscribe to the podcast, or if you prefer to watch our delightful faces, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah. Hurrah. Hurrah. let's get into th- the news
1: we have um. Well, the, we are, yeah. the, on, the news go, go. is at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 96 we'll give you the notes for this particular
2: show and you know the very first news item is momentous, is momentous it might seem like a small thing but it's actually incredibly significant in the audio world it is that Motu You no longer need to log in to download Motu drivers on their website. Yes. That is good. Yes. I know that seems like such a small thing, but it was so frustrating because you don't... Why do you need to log in to download the driver for your 828 or something? You know, it's not like someone's going to download it and cause terror or anything like that because they don't have a an account with Motu, it's just a convenience thing, but it's, uh, it's a nice little thing that's just happened and... Uh,
0: it is cool, yeah. isn't it? it it's, it's
2: just cool.
1: It used to be every time you wanted to plug a sound card into a different computer, you'd have to reset the password and it held to... so, yeah. That would for me anyway.
0: That is very, yes. Yeah. It, it is great news. It is great news. And also in the world of, uh, you know, kind of drivers and compatibility pro tools have also announced full and complete compatibility with osx 10.9 yes. yes
2: now does it seem to you like that was very quick for pro tools usually it takes months and months
0: yes i would agree yeah years so in fact
2: <laughs> i was surprised when i found out so its version 11.0.3 that is compatible with macos 10.9 mavericks um, but it isn't compatible with the new version of Windows uh, 8.1. So if you've got 8.1 and you want to use Pro Tools, you'll have to wait a little longer.
0: I guess it's Pro Tools are moving through the version numbers much quicker now, aren't they? Though I'm saying there's been a real, a real acceleration, hasn't there, in terms of moving through the moving through the major number of releases? And I guess that probably means that if their intention is to kind of you know get to like do a Pro Tools 12, Pro Tools 13 release in the next couple of years, then you know, you really, you can you can no longer spend six to nine months getting support established for current OS's, can you, anymore? It's just...
2: Well, I wonder you know. if the update to 10 and 11 has actually made it easier for Pro Tools, for Avid to keep Pro Tools up to date. Pro Tools well. is a
1: lot more open to other sound cards and stuff than it ever used to be. Like, they've got, like, the whole USB sound card thing, so maybe it's just... as you say, with the newer versions, it's just closer to a bit more like what normal software would be. I
2: don't know. Well, I mean, what we can say now is it's incredibly positive. Users of 10.9 can now use Pro Tools. I believe that's both versions, Pro Tools 11 and the HD version. But uh, yeah, yeah, if, if you're a Pro Tools guy or gal. You can upgrade to Mavericks. I've got Mavericks on my computer now. It seems fine uh it it I can't say that I've really noticed much difference uh, from the last one so yeah
0: yeah no it's it's cool i to be honest, I've played with Mavericks a little bit. There was there was nothing about it that made me feel that I particularly needed to upgrade other than I'm aware that I'm slowly falling off the bottom end of supported software. But.
1: Are you still on 6.8? Yeah, 6.8, yeah,
0: happily. It's You know, it runs all the time. I can't remember the last time the machine crashed at all. Um, actually, yeah. I I did restart it a couple of I did restart it today, actually, before doing the <laughs> show because I felt that the uptime on it was kind of about a year, so I felt that it'd probably you know, be appropriate just to start the computer again.
2: Just but. to make sure the audio podcast went off without a hitch.
0: Without a hitch. Well,
1: speaking of annual events, we have come to Christmas Advent time of year. We're in December now, and there are a number of people doing daily offers.
0: Indeed so. So uh, the, Plugin, the Plugin Alliance is running one. Yep. Interestingly, with the Plugin Alliance, every offer is actually available for 48 hours to encompass the time zones of the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, see, the, the Plugin Alliance one, because they did a, a Black Friday sale... And I guess what they're doing now is basically doing the Black Friday sale, but staggered over the month. So uh, it'll be a single plugin or two plugins a day that are down from their usual price, which is around usually average $250 to uh, I think it's like $99. So if there are any of those plugins that you've been really interested in, particular the BrainWorks ones, they've got some other brands there under the umbrella. Then definitely. Check out the Plugin Alliance daily deals. For how, this month. how many
0: people? How many people do you think ever buy plugins at full price anymore? Because when when you <laughs> con, con, consider Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Advent, the Advent series, there's usually something around about Halloween as well.
1: There's usually a summer sale as well.
0: There's like a summer bumper sale kind of thing happens. There's usually something around the Easter. It just seems I I do wonder whether people you know. Because I know that whenever I'm wanting to buy something, if I, if there is any seasonal holiday even on the horizon, I generally just hold off a couple of weeks and inevitably it comes significantly cheaper at that point. That do, just strikes me as a, say, you know. I'd, I'd be interested in whether I'm, you know. Yeah.
1: There you go. So the other one we have linked to is DV247. However, it is now on impossible to find these offers through their website, but if you're on their mailing list. Then you will receive it through the email every day. They've got a different offer, which seems to be kind of kind of sporadic. On one one of the days was offering a guitar. The other time was offering a microphone plus preamp bundle. So yeah, every day in your inbox if you sign up for DV twenty four seven to their marketing stuff, they will tell you what their offer is that day.
2: Mm-hmm. And yes, it's important to note with that one that we think you can only get that deal through the mailing list. So you can't go on the website and find it. I tried to because I don't like clicking links in emails. So I went to the website to try and find it. Couldn't find a jot. So you have to sign up with the DV247 mailing list, and then you get the link in the
0: email. And we all love new stuff. And Cubase have released version 7.5. Sam, I believe you know more about this.
1: Um, I do. So yeah, that was released uh, the end of last week, I think. Um, the thing that comes back, so it's 7.5. Yes. Yeah, Little updates. The one thing that that caught my eye the most is if you go to the bottom of the page that has been linked through the show notes, the very last item is the internet recording with VST Connect SE2. So this is only in the 7.5, in Cubase 7.5, it's not included with Cubase Artist 7.5. But yeah, this is some sort of thing, apparently, like Cubase, um, sorry, VST Connect is not. Itself new, but it's been extended to also support MIDI. Now I I missed the release of the first version round of this. This is, appears to be remote recording, and now with MIDI, so you can talk to someone via a webcam and also record into a session that way. That's pretty cool. If that if that works, I yeah, I'm, I'd like to try this out just to see how good it is.
2: Maybe we should do a version of the audio podcast using, although we'd all have to get. Cubase
1: 7.5. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you would need it running on both ends, wouldn't you? And I'll tell yeah.
2: you this, I'm not going to upgrade to Cubase or side sidegrade to Cubase.
0: Side Cubase. Crossgrade. Crossgrade <laughs> Cross to Cubase. I was just checking whether um, I'd need to upgrade my Mac to run this version of Cubase, but I can't see the compatibility statement. Mm,
1: probably would. I seem to remember I'd look for myself.
2: It's, it's, well, well, Scott, it might be time, you know. You're on 10.6.8, which was released in about
0: 2003. <laughs> uh, when the shuttle out. was still flying.
2: <laughs> was Kodkod <Concord laughs> still flying as well?
1: Was Pluto a planet back then? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So th- this, this version is uh, uh, Mac OS X version 10.8, 10.9, Windows 7, Windows 8, uh, Windows, 7, Windows 7, Windows 8, uh, it needs a Core 2 Duo processor on either bit of hardware. Two gig of RAM. There you go. That's
1: a... I think, yeah, just on base in general, for for quite a few years, every new thing they've added in, I thought, well, you know, that's all i well good, but I would never use it. But now that it's, that's been happening for a while, all of the stuff that's in there together has got me thinking, you know, maybe, maybe it would be worth it for the occasional time I want dial type functionality.
0: It's interesting, isn't it, this discussion of when you should upgrade things or not? because I've been um, in, 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 a, in a job I do, I've been working with the new version of Live and realized that while there's all these new things in the new version of Live, none of them are actually of any particular interest in terms of the kind of typical you know kind of typical usage scenarios everything I would previously have done I can continue to do. And that's perfectly fine, but none of the there, there aren't any of the new features which have particularly kind of grabbed me at any point and been like, oh, you should be using me, you should be using me, because it's just, you know, like, you, you become used to the tools inside the bit of software you're using, don't you? And then once you know how to do everything you need to do, it's only if some new scenario comes about that you need one of the new things that they become of interest, otherwise it's, you know what I mean, it's just a, you know... That's been my experience. I don't know how you guys have found it. I understand that, um, Adam, you upgraded to Logic Pro, didn't you, over the, over the gap?
2: Um, yes, I did. I got the new version, Logic Pro X. Thought I give it a shot? It basically does most of what Logic Old does. It looks nicer. I'll give it that. Um, it's still the same layout, though. you still got your multiple panes, and you can have your range window, and it open, opens an editor, and all this kind of stuff. Not sure if much of the new stuff I've noticed, there are some bugs and some new things that are just completely confusing to me. There's a thing called alignment guides, which is an, uh, an arrange window thing, and it ju- it's just a complete pain in the ass. Um, I don't know if I just uh, ruined our clean rating by saying that word there. Um,
0: no, I think we're probably just about okay with one. <laughs>
2: okay, that's fine. I won't say it again. Um, but you can switch that off and uh, I've been having trouble with my sound card recording only into Logic and getting uh, noise through that so there must be some strange thing happening with log- with Logic's connection to the sound card so I don't know about that but on the whole yeah again it's a it's a pretty decent deal because you get all of the loops and you get all of the instruments and da 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 if you if you're a Logic fan then, and you haven't upgraded, then you probably will. It's fine. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> um Just before we move on, there's one other feature that had caught my eye and I wonder whether or not Logic X has anything similar, which is the new in 7, Cubase 7.5 track versions. So you can take a, make a version of the track so all of the edits, all of the parameter settings and everything for the entire track can be kind of saved and then you can change it and save it again and then you can flick between different versions. Is a new feature called track versions. Yeah. Is anything like that in Logic?
0: Um, I guess. I, I don't
2: know if because uh, I'll be honest, I was just uh, replying to an audio podcast tweet just then, so I wasn't really listening. But you're talking <laughs> about different versions of tracks. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there is something called but well, that's actually a good feature that I found. Um, it's called alternatives. So you can uh, say you've got to a particular point. But you don't, you, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to change it all and experiment with this, because it will ruin the old one. You'd normally create a new version of the whole file. Now they've, got, them, yeah. Yeah, now they've got a thing called alternatives, so you can create a new alternative, do all the edits you want, but you can switch back to the uh, the point at which you made that one, and it will go back to that. Or you. Yeah, can, that sounds about the same as this, that's cool. Yeah, I like the, I like the idea of that. That's a, that's a good upgrade thing, which I wouldn't have remembered if you hadn't have just mentioned that. Good stuff. Shall we move on? Okay. Yes, yes we <laughs> should. And what Spotify would you like to now.
1: move on to? Well, I, well is Spotify now? Or, oh, and this is the point where everything's changed. Is it Spotify?
0: It now? Is. Good, good, good. <laughs> Oops, Scott. Fair enough. I, so I spotted this. Um, Spotify did an update of the Spotify artist pages. And in in doing so, they um, you know they've obviously been feeling a lot of pressure regarding whether they're you know wh- whether they're good for artists, whether they're kind of making a sustainable business or something or not, and they've been trying to deal with this. So as a consequence, they've put together this um, this new page which talks about what their contribution actually is financially, how they're re- and how they think that stacks up with other things. Um, there's lots of charts and figures. It's worth a read. I suspect that. We'll probably get a whole load of, um, you know, I there's a whole load of kind of kind of projects I'm sure will be triggered off from the back of this kind of checking the claims and things like that. the mm-hmm. The summary point is simply the fact that they they feel that they pay more. Well, th- they feel that they pay more than anybody else, and as a consequence, they think that they think that that means that they're the best. Cho- they're the best choice because they pay more than anybody else, and they have lots of statistics that show how if people, rather than people watching music on YouTube and pay and YouTube paying the amount of money they pay based on the advert, advert you see at the start, if those people were all to watch those videos, all, all to watch that music on Spotify, then the artists would receive more money through Spotify as a consequence of doing that. But they um, don't.
2: But yeah. There's a problem with that argument, and that is that YouTube, you can just go to YouTube and watch a video, but Spotify, you have to log in and have an account and blah, blah, blah. So... Spotify isn't. Is, they're making a strange comparison there, or not equal comparison there. But that was just one one little bit that you pulled oh, out. Oh, so that was there.
1: Scott's summary. Yeah, if you perhaps read the thing. But
0: oh mm. yeah, no. It, there, there's loads of. I I, it, I I want to be careful about how I say this, obviously, but there are there are lots of problems with what's suggested on there. What what they suggest, you know what I mean? Like, I I would summarise that if they're correct. That they are the best they are the best solution, then the industry is doomed <laughs> would be my approximation because it's not large you know what i mean it's you know what i mean they're, they're they're paying more than anybody else, but that's not to say that you know that's not to say that what they're paying is in any way sustainable and there's, and there's lots of weird statistical moments where you're like you know what I mean they, they kind of illustrate how that if everybody in the world is considered a superstar, then that will you know everybody would be fine, but obviously that's not likely to happen. Was or there possibly not, impossible to happen? So
2: was there not something within this, this uh, the model? It's basically they've kind of uh, explained a bit of the payment model that they're using, and it, and it's not linear. It's not a straightforward thing. Is there something about a song being more popular or an artist being more popular getting more money or something along those lines? I read something about it and it didn't really sink in.
0: Yes, um that's exactly the same system that YouTube uses as well though. Um but oh, the okay. more the, the more popular the more popular a thing is or the associated entities are, the more people pay for the privilege of having some sort of attachment to them and likewise Spotify pay more to keep those people within the Spotify service sort of style. It's okay. that's what I mean. I'm saying it's purely you know what I mean. The the end point to it is that <laughs> the end point to it is that Spotify pay more than YouTube would advertise that they pay but then I know from our, you know, my experience with YouTube and things like that is that the, the amount of money that YouTube will pay for adverts on things is variable as well so if you have a particularly high value, you know if you have a video which is trending high and has lots and lots of views and lots of interactions on it then you'll find you get paid more per advert you show at the start of it than you would do on another, on a lesser known video so it's interesting that, you know I mean I think they're you know, I I think I can understand why Spotify wrote the page. I don't think there's anything there that people who are interested in the industry probably weren't aware of, and I suspect that there's, you know, I, I I don't think it. I think it's their their attempt to justify their existence against the existence of all the other parties. But I don't think it's particularly kind of comforting reading for anybody actually involved in the creative side of the industry.
2: Well, there we go. Um, Spotify. Something something Spotify.
1: <laughs> Maybe instead of listening to Spotify you just want to sit at home and noodle on your guitar and perhaps record into your iPad or such a device.
2: That sounds know. like a great idea. Hey, do you know is what there you something could use? That we can do that with? Because that would be incredible. It just so happens there is. Um jam up plug
1: HD. It's a small little box that will fit onto your iOS device and has jack inputs for your guitar.
0: Works with um, the old-style connector and the new-style connector via, uh, via an adapter.
1: That's, that's really not, like, a double feature, is it? What I mean is it works by the old-style connector.
0: Yes. <laughs> anyway. um, And it, it has that moment where it talks about studio-quality audio, doesn't it? It says, some, it, it says with studio-quality audio, but, in fact, what it means is 24-bit, 44.1, and 48K, so that's, um, you know... When, when when do you think that when when do you think the notion of studio st- studio quality will mean 96k like when when do you think we'll get to, do we will we ever get to that point or is in the is studio quality space, just doomed to always mean 44.1 in
2: the studio space
0: or in any space
2: well i suppose studio it's supposed to differentiate between cd quality and mp3 quality i suppose mm.
1: Mm. but even then they yeah the well, yeah, CD is 4.1. They're offering for one or 48. Yeah, I would have, I would have thought it would have been 96. When if I'd have only read what you said, which I didn't, I just skipped straight to the text block where it says what the numbers are. But yeah,
2: mm. I think what we should do is try and get the uh, a new term adopted in the industry: ultra studio quality.
1: I think the term would be HD audio. I think perhaps because. When you've got HD video, isn't the
2: audio on that 96 or oh, no. not? Not necessarily. It,
1: it depends, doesn't it? Let's not go there. Um, video is really
2: complicated. Video is really complicated. Yeah. Audio is only slightly complicated. Uh, complicated.
0: <laughs> I, I like Adams. What was it, Ultra, ultra studio. quality. What were you suggesting, Adam? Uh,
2: ultra, ultra studio quality.
0: I like that we we should try and push that as a uh, as a box item as a box right. label that'd be nice
2: yeah sam you're not allowed to be involved in this because you want to call it h d we've We've just basically started a format war here haven't we
0: yeah just for fun but but all <laughs> it actually is is a name that represents the same thing that's brilliant it it's a great one yeah, so it's been announced. it has a quarter inch stereo phono jack to go in and a quarter inch headphone jack. To listen to
2: a, a quarter-inch phono stereo phono jack. What what's
0: that? No, like stereo jack. Yeah. No,
2: not actually. <laughs> so I was just
0: messing with you. I was just messing with you. No, that's um, what's was... been written actually, which is probably came straight off their text back.
2: Oh well, that's no good. Oh yeah, look at that. Cool. It, if no, it comes it's just in
1: phone jack, it's not phono like like telephone phone jack.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I think what they really mean is a. Uh, I don't know what they mean.
0: There I'm, is I'm a phone jack, telephone which is, is like, yeah, they... yeah, but that's different. A, a telephone exchange jack is a pots jack, isn't it? And it has a slightly wider, wider um, bit at the end.
2: I'd say that they just call it that because it looks like an old telephone exchange jack.
0: This bit here is there is a phone. There is a, a pots phone jack, and that bit of the phone jack is wider than this bit. It's a different shape. There you go. The audio podcast supplying <laughs> utterly useless information. Wouldn't it be great
2: if if Scott had to pull that jack out and then we couldn't <laughs> hear him and he was just pointing at a jack and then he put it back in?
1: No, <laughs> this is this is the point where we I like pointing at things on the video feed, of course. Um, yes, <clears throat> but that's good. I'm I'm usually the one that does that.
2: <laughs> okay, I think we awesome. should move on to what is a very interesting story. Now, I think. Uh, Scott, did you put this one in? I think you should uh, introduce it. But I've got a little thing that I can mention here.
0: Excellent stuff. So this is a a paper that I saw that, that was released through a, one of the academic journals. And um, what it is 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 the it's entitled On Covert acu- Acoustical Mesh Networks in the Air. And essentially what it is is they have established a way of detecting what is being typed based on using the a built in microphone and built in speakers on a Lenovo laptop is what it is. And as a theoretical thing it could work on any kind of laptop. However, it is a an incredibly low bandwidth kind of thing. So you could use this to grab passwords, but you couldn't grab every keystroke. You could you'd have to you have to be selective in what you can send. But nonetheless it is a theoretical possibility No, So there you hmm. go.
2: Very interesting, and that links in with something that I've been reading about, and I guess you two might have come across this as well. It's something called bad BIOS, um, and there's a there's a little write up about it in on, on Ars Technica, which was a few weeks ago. Uh, but basically, what uh, there's backstory. There's uh, a guy was surprised that his computers kept getting infected with some random malware even though these computers, he was testing it, and these computers weren't even connecting to a network to be able to receive something that would infect the computer. So he's gone into this big uh, experimentation, and one theory that he's come up with is the transference of malware using ultra-high frequency audio between computers.
0: Ooh, very cool. Mm, I
1: did come across that, yeah.
2: And, uh, and basically, yeah, this bad BIOS is like this is the name of this malware that he's been looking at. Um, but yeah, this idea that I'd never, th- it kind of blew my mind a little bit when when he when it was mentioned this this idea that you could actually put two computers in a room together, and one could become infected by the other one just sending out high frequency audio and the other one receiving it. Um, but thinking about it, I'm not so sure if it's really possible because the receiving computer would have to be set up to understand what it was receiving via a microphone. So it would already need some software on board on it. And surely ultra-high frequency audio would be messed up by digital sampling rates at some point. 96 would, might work, but at 44... I mean, it depends how it works, I suppose. But it, it was only like transferring bytes of information, rather than like megabytes or anything like that. It wasn't anything big. Mm. But, but anyway, yeah. So that's a another little thing that that story that you posted reminded me of.
0: Oh, very, very cool. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally right now adding that into uh, adding that into the, the comment show notes there, so somebody else can take us into the next story if they want.
1: Okay. Well, what I'm not going to do is say what that reminded me of, and. Make this into like oh that story reminds me of something we've not yet talked about. So let's go back to the show notes and <laughs> say um, oh we've got more holiday pricing. This could have been with the other. Isotope have holiday pricing apparently until the end of December. They are offering. I'm just reading this from the screen. Can you tell? Um a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I, wouldn't <have> <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to
2: tell. I wouldn't been able to tell if uh, if the other just told me.
1: Well, I said, and I, I point people to the show notes to um, see what that's about if they're interested in holiday pricing from Isotope. Isotope. How do you pronounce that?
2: I just call it Isotope. Yeah, Isotope.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, now we're getting into like really old stuff, which we would have talked about if we'd have actually recorded a show four months ago.
2: And this looks like a very Sam-esque type of thing. It does. We talked about this when it was
1: announced, before it was released, and then it was released and um, we stopped recording shows, which is the Spiral the spiral um, Analyzer plugin made by Photosounder, of which there is a version available through Computer Music Magazine in the UK, um, but the full product is also available from Photosounder, which has a lot more features, and there's a demo of that available. Um, links available to those. I I yeah, I made a couple of videos with these, demonstrating how they work in terms of the what the display does and confirming the things that we talked about in the show. So yeah, I'll, I'll add a link to those if anyone's interested, a couple of short videos, how they work and how you can work with it.
2: Sweet. Sweet. Cool. And from there, we move on to the fact that... Steinberg has added integration into Cubase Innuendo for Nectar Points. So I, I have no idea how that works, but I suppose if you if you go to Sainsbury's or any other place that where you get Nectar Points, your, your Nectar Points will turn up there in Cubase Innuendo and somehow do something about making me, no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think this is a. I think Sam can explain this one a bit better than I. This
0: think. is yeah. This is this is back to Sam here. Though I do love the fact that there is a quest to map every VST plugin known to man. I do love the idea that that is a, uh, that is an outcome. I like that. Yeah,
1: Sam. That's that's what <laughs> This is Nectar made by someone I forget who it's long Time ago. This is all stuff but Um. Oh, it's made by Nectar Tech. These. This is a company that started making quite nice looking hardware interfaces for. Which is originally just for the Propellerhead reason, but now they've expanded it for controlling other stuff. And at the time, whenever this was put, whenever this was posted, it was newly added for Cubase and Nuendo. That's it. It's old news. This one, but
0: yeah. Well, some some other old news is the release of the. <laughs> oh, I'm choking. <laughs> some other old news is the release of the uh, Chrome Web Lab Orchestra as well. Which was uh, Google released this, and is the code by which they they did a number of kind of projects with the Science Museum in London, which about kind of with ideas of kind of telepresence and those kind of those kind of ideas in it. And they have released all of the source they used to make it work. So it's um I, mean, I thought that was kind of cool because I know some of our listeners are kind of into that, and I know that's an interest of some of us as well. So yes, yeah, so if you want,
1: if anyone, I guess this this is plunder category now, I suppose, but we haven't got there yet. Um. Yeah, well, it would it
0: be wonder to, if we had, yeah, we should
1: have rescheduled yeah. But yeah, if you wanted to do anything that connects HTML5 and JavaScript across web sockets through Node.js and stuff like that, then to um, max MSP or max runtime for doing MIDI stuff, then yeah, open source project here on GitHub, that would help with that.
2: Yeah. So. And with that, we come to the end of the news. Ooh.
0: And into the other section yeah. I like the other section
2: so into like our vaguely se- mysteriously named other section so I think it should be called miscellaneous but Scott uh, disagrees
0: yeah we'll just call it other because then it's uh... yeah so Adam apparently yes. has a tip about storing microphones I do and,
2: and I still remember it uh, from four months ago so the the backstory to this is I moved house back in the summer and when I was moving out of my old place which was a block of flats in Bristol uh, I was taking my rubbish out and then there in the little place where all the bins were was a, a golf uh, club bag and I was, looking, I was, I was thinking hey, that looks alright you know why would you chuck that out and I had a look at it and then all of a sudden I thought holy moly you could put microphone stands in there and that's just genius, because aren't microphone stands the most irritating thing to store and move? And carry. Oh, oh, oh yes, and, and here we go, we've got golf bags, golf-related accessories, perfect, absolutely perfect. So uh, I took this, this golf bag and it's sitting in my garage and it doesn't have any microphone stands in it right now. But should you <laughs> want to carry multiple microphone stands, it's ready and waiting. That's brilliant, Adam thank you thank you
0: very cool very cool
2: and scott you uh supposedly you have a uh, a solution for cable tidying in a, a semi permanent studio installation but i don't know if you can remember it can you
0: no i i i can i can this is um <clears throat> I have I have since uh, in the in the period completely trashed my uh, studio and turned completely rearranged it. And Sam Sam Freeman was very happy with the rearranged space, but uh, I'm still not convinced. Anyway, all this was was just um this was a trick I keep using over and over again actually, which is to um if you cut the end off Pringles tins so they are open-ended on both ends, then you can stuff cables down through them.
1: <gasps> and
0: as a consequence... <laughs> it's so I know it's so obvious, but I found that as a um as a consequence of this, if you're kind of constantly changing spaces and things, you know, moving things around and changing spaces like that, i found that doing that rather than taping cables down is so much quicker in terms of being able to move things. But also because they're a short length, you don't you don't have to worry about trying to get the cable the whole way through because you can literally push it, you know, push it in at one end, grab it at the other end, and just put three or four in a line to give you kind of a variable length. So I find that's kind of quick. Cool. Wow. But the really neat version of it is if you have a desk which has a lip, you know, at the front or the back then what I actually do is I tape the Pringles tin to the underside of the lip at the back, and then you can actually put the cables in, so you have the cables constantly attached to the desk coming on and off like that. And I Genius. find Genius,
2: and that, to me, that is exactly the kind of studio tip that you'd come up with, Scott, because I know you like Pringles. That's very true. <laughs> All I want to know now is can we combine your Pringles idea with my golf club bag idea? and come up with this amazing solution for all of your studio storage needs.
0: Well, perhaps, though an even more exciting thing would be the four foot tall Pringleton.
2: <laughs> well the <laughs> same the same <laughs> diameter but four foot tall.
0: Yes, yes. Indeed so. <laughs> so
2: there you so. I think go. we
0: should um we should head out of the ever section. As as we as we maneuver into the plunder, I think we sh- we should formally acknowledge the fact that this sh- you know, show 96 was intended to be recorded in September, maybe, or even earlier than that. And we have had this unintended, prolonged holiday due to a variety of circumstances. But um, and and you should not consider today's show as indication that normal service is to be resumed, because normal service is not to be resumed just yet because of Christmas, I suspect. So, I I think there is a hope amongst us that there will be a Christmas show, because while Sam has some festive cheer. There's a lack of festive cheer between us. So we should there is hope there will be a end of year Christmas special that will happen at some point before Christmas. And then I suspect we will return in January. But there is a commitment that the audio podcast does exist and will continue. So but there isn't going to be a show every week again for until January. But there we go. At least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> yes. But anyway, with that said, let's get into the plunder. Plunder Right.
2: I completely forgot that that's what we had to do, and so I just made up some completely random sounds.
0: (laughs) Well, did you find that your body was resonating while you made those sounds, Adam?
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah. In particular, uh, this bit right here, my left wrist. Um, But then I'm physiologically different to everyone in the entire world, so uh, I wouldn't take that as standard.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) Listen to the noise, has a diagram which uh, tells you which body parts resonate at which frequency. There we go. Four. Yes. Yeah, that would be the left shoulder.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the right shoulder slightly higher, isn't it? Five. 5. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> now, it doesn't tell us whether certain body parts resonate to certain key changes. Ooh. However, <laughs> overthinking it are trying to find the greatest key change of all time and would value your... Opinion.
1: Uh, Do you have okay.
0: an opinion about these key changes?
1: Would they actually? Would they? Because like they, isn't this a really old story? Like it's it's cool that it's there at plunder, but I don't know if they. I haven't read it, and if they're open to um, suggestion, then I did notice that this was published in 2009. So I don't yeah. know if they're still interested, if they were interested, then they might have worked it out by now. Is there a follow
0: up? Who knows? I, I couldn't find the follow up. No, <laughs> but I I thought it was kind of cool. Which which is your favorite? Do you have a favorite key change or favorite song out of the four tunes offered to us here? No, fair enough. No, so but I, I do I think... thoroughly
1: enjoy key changes in pop music. Like I, I, I do take pleasure in <laughs> laughing when it happens.
2: I, I, I think that it's a thing that's very specific to a particular song. It's, it's very relative. So it's, I don't really see how doing a a massive global top down look at it all really helps anybody.
1: You know, I bet the Echo Nest have a like an API that could like calculate this actually. Perhaps uh, probably
2: four. Probably four.
1: <laughs> Is that the answer or the question? <laughs> uh,
0: mo- moving on mo- moving on from key changes four? to changes of a Wikipedian nature.
2: Okay. I've lost a the
0: show next on. <laughs> that was so smooth. I'm there is back. an online an online sonification project that les, lets you listen to to Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. So, cool. yeah, the, the sounds indicate additions or subtractions from Wikipedia articles and uh, pitch changes according to the size of the edit. Now, I think this is absolutely awesome, actually. I'm I'm, I'm going on this here. This This is really awesome because I've been envisioning this kind of thing in my mind for a long time, actually, for various projects I've been working with because there's so many as part of like lots of things i do i i kind of look after a couple of hundred websites and i've always dreamed for a long time that there would be that i could listen to music in the background and if everything is fine across all those websites then the music just carries on like it you know it i just enjoy the music but the minute that some sort of problem occurs that there would be some sort of change in the musical, that there would be some sort of change so I could hear it. So instead of me having to sit here with this massive scrolling thing that constantly checks all the sites and tells me what's going on, instead I would just hear music. You know, the musical situation would tell me if things, you know, if things are okay, if things are under heavy load, if things are changing. And then when something catastrophic happens, it would immediately (laughs) start playing high-stress music. You know, like something that's kind of like a real kind of pace to it and real darkness and kind of you know stresses people out really quickly. I'd I'd really love that to be an Metallica. Oh yeah, something like that. You know, it's uh, you know, it'd be nice. <laughs> it's like ah, that kind of that kind of effect.
2: Oh no, Unforgiven two is playing. All these websites <laughs> have just gone offline for no reason. Ah, that See? type of thing. Yeah. There you go. Scott, go. you could create that. I mean, there's technology out there that would allow you to do that.
0: Yes, I. It it is in my list of uh, in my list of uh, kind of Christmas holiday projects. I haven't decided where on the list if it's gonna make gonna be the one that's done. I inevitably end up just spending a lot of time building a train network. But if I don't build a train network, I may build that instead. <laughs> Shall we head on? Um, how about uh, iPhone text tones? What does that mean about this article?
1: Can we not head on? Can we pause there and like, or maybe I should put this in next week or something? But um, Q the. <laughs> web audio is how that particular thing works, and when such things were first coming out, there was kind of two flavors. There was the Mozilla, and there was the Web Audio API. And Firefox and Mozilla have decided to drop the one that they originally championed in favor of what's become the standard. And I will endeavor to put that into the next show notes, because that's an interesting story. But now I've said it, I'll have to do it.
0: Okay. So, um... Kelly Jacqueline has an interesting document about, about the making of the iPhone text tone.
2: Oh, I see. Like the the standard one. Yes. How? What does it sound like? We can't play it because of because uh, nobody has to. an iPhone. Oh yeah. Well, I certainly don't have an iPhone. Mine Sam, goes. Do you have an
0: iPhone? Boo-boo. No, I don't have an iPhone. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: no. <laughs> Sam, does yours go? Like that.
0: Um,
1: almost. Yeah, I I have like yeah, mine doesn't have a camera or <laughs> or anything right. like that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well there we go, we made it. Oh, we've done it. Whee. 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 <laughs> I don't know how long that show was. I think it was reasonably long. Forty five you know.
2: minutes, I reckon. Forty five minutes, you reckon. Yeah. Let's see.
0: Awesome stuff. So there we go. The the audio podcast are, are we going to commit to it or not? The intention is that the audio podcast will return for the Christmas special and end-of-year excitement. However, whether we actually manage to do it or not is a uh, is, is a question yet to be proven, yet to be discussed. But that is that is definitely our attention. But for now, this was uh, show 96 of the audio podcast. The return, I'll say goodbye from Scott. That's me.
1: And goodbye from Samuel
2: Freeman. That's me. And Adam Yanch will also say goodbye and Merry Christmas. Woo! Merry Christmas. I
1: know I'm there. By.
2: Bye.